Thanks for listening to this Arrow FM podcast, brought to you with the support of New Zealand On Air. Hey, hey, beautiful people, and welcome to World Domination. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, and you are in the perfect place to level up. Here I cover all things personal development, mindset, healing, spirituality, and manifesting your most abundant and impactful life. All done with a massive dose of real talk and an open book policy, because who is time for superficial chit-chat? Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing you, and thank you for showing up when it would be way easier to watch Netflix. Let's get into it. Oh, and don't forget to connect with me over on Instagram, at TheMonicaFerguson. Hey, hey, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of World Domination. I am your host, Monica Ferguson, and this week I welcome my amazing Californian friend, Ray Santiago, from Renewed Mind Performance, and what he is is a sports psychologist who empowers people to become the best that they can become. And our episode this week is around being the best, taking on that mentality, that identity. How do you protect your mind? How do you create the mindset of someone that operates at that level? I know you're going to learn so much. Please let us know your takeaway moments and let's get into it. Ray, welcome my friend. So excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, do you know what? I was reflecting this morning on how long I've actually known you and who we were when we first met. Because how long ago was it? Five, six, seven years 2015. ago? 2015. 2015. Yeah. 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 Your mom gave me a, a wonderful opportunity to go write a book at your house, her house yeah. in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. So when someone offers you to go write a book in New Zealand, you take the offer. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. Yeah. And I was just thinking about how cool that was and like to actually celebrate our own journey, because look at us now, we're sitting on podcasts with books and radio shows and businesses and you got married and you had a baby and it's like, wow, like I barely even recognize us from all that time ago. (laughs) I know. Well, we've evolved, uh, but we're still good people. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, Hey, I, um, I've been very much enjoying reading the secret chapters of your new book. And there was one thing as I was reading through, there was one particular phrase that jumped out and hit me in the face repeatedly. And I was like, this is what we have to talk about today. Mm. And that phrase was this, believe you're the best. Mm. So simple, so profound, so powerful. And I would just love for you to speak to us about this as an idea. Sure. So I'm going to start with my disclaimer. In my book, I don't start with a disclaimer, but with you, I will. So (laughs) when you think of believing you're the best, number one, it sounds really arrogant. Um, But when you think, okay, if I'm the best, at best, you're second best, right? So we think about comparisons. But believing you're the best has nothing to do with comparisons when, when I'm speaking of it with my athletes. To me, believing you're the best is that you fully believe, that you are fully persuaded that you will get the job done right here, right now. And whether you're, I mean, speaking to your your cricketers um, or your uh, (laughs) basketballers in New Zealand, but, you know, in any sport or in any walk of life, if you do not believe that you can get the job done right now, um, at best, you are thinking you're second best. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you don't recognize the talent of others 
or um, you know that you're not necessarily having to be the best talent wiser. It's just truly believing, and I know I'm belaboring the point, but sometimes we need to belabor a point. It's truly believing that when I step up to the plate, when I go into this meeting, whatever it is, that I am the freaking best person for this position because that's going to um, uh, manifest in the way I speak, in the way I stand. And I was just listening to one of your podcasts from the other person last time, and, and you're working out now and you're doing these things that, that help you feel good. Well, if you're doing all this stuff externally, like, but inside you're still a mess. Well, you're still weak, no matter if you can lift 600 pounds or not. But if mentally you walk into a situation and you truly believe that you are the best person for that situation, um, it has, you have the best chance of getting the desired result, right? You may not get the result, but your process, your internal process was right on. Because if you can continue to believe that moment after moment, moment after moment, after a failure, after a big win, whatever it is that I am truly the best person for this moment, you you eventually will get the results that you're looking for if you have the talent, right, to back it up. Mm, yeah, love this so much. And there was another line that really jumped out at me as well, and it was confidence is a choice. And this is so important because this is the number one thing that I speak with all my clients about as well is, oh, like comparison and what are other people going to think and who am I to do this? Who am I to step up? Who am I to start the business or write the book or whatever? Um, mm. And it's this constant fear of, well, perceived fear, right, of what other people, what we think they're going to think. Um, mm-hmm. Yet there aren't many people that are saying, you should believe in yourself. Like you should think you're the best. You sh- And you, we have to. How mm-hmm. would we show up for things like this if we didn't? But I just think it's such a, a crazy thing that we're not speaking about this more often, that it's actually yeah. more acceptable, especially in New Zealand, like tall poppy culture here is just rampant. It's mm. much more socially acceptable to berate yourself, to hate yourself, to be negative, to criticize yourself. Other people are more mm. comfortable with that a lot of the time than if you actually step up and say, hey, you're actually limitless. You could do something more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you'll have to have me on the podcast another time because uh, I've, I've uncovered something. And in this book, it's going to talk about it. And self-compassion is the new self-confidence. And so my keynote speaking from now on will be the self-compassionate athlete. Self-compassion is the new self-confidence. So confidence is fantastic when you have it, right? But confidence is quite fragile and it often leaves you when you need it the most. So one of the yeah. ways that we can rubberize our confidence, right? If rubber, if you drop rubber, what happens? It bounces back. If, mm-hmm. right, if you drop glass, which most of our confidence is glass, it shatters, right? Yeah. So one way to go from one end of the spectrum of shattering glass to the other end of rubber, rubberizing your confidence is this idea of self-compassion and self-compassion. Like, so give me your definition of compassion. If you were to be compassionate towards some, someone, what would that look like? Caring, empathy, uh, those are the two that jump out to me, that you're not, you're not looking at their external world, you know, you're not judging them, you're, um, you accept them as, as they are, you embrace them as they are. Yeah. yeah, so imagine doing that, but turning the lens, the mirror towards yourself. What if you listened to yourself when you were hurting? What if you were empathizing with yourself? Instead of beating yourself up, you empathize and said, hey, I, I feel you. I'm here with you. 
So mm -hmm. self-compassion, I won't leave you hanging on this podcast. Self-compassion has three main components that you learn about in my book. And I didn't invent it. Kristen Neff did. Uh, go check her out. She's incredible. But I'm just bringing it into the athletic and the performance world now. Uh, if there's three components. Number one, mindfulness. Mindfulness is being aware of what is um, mm -hmm. without judging it. Without judging it. That's the key part. of yeah. And being okay with what is. Because I can't change what is anyway. Right. When I can mm -hmm. learn to accept what is and be OK with it without judging myself for something I feel or something I did, all of a sudden I can be in the present moment. So that's number one is mindfulness. Number two um, is common humanity. Common humanity means you're not alone. Right. When we mess up, when we do something, we feel alone. And when we feel alone, we're disconnected. And one of our um, kind of primal instincts is to be connected, to be part of a tribe, right? When we feel alone, we're, we're very vulnerable. And so instead of, and this is great for just mental toughness, is instead of why me? Hey, why did, um, why did I get benched? Or in real life, like why are all my friends happy and married? And why am I single? Or why am I divorced? Or whatever it might be. And it's like, hey, when we go from why me, which is self-pity, to, hey, why not me? Why not me? Right? Why are we so special that things can't happen to us? Right? Um, yeah. And that was just a mind blowing moment for me because why not me? Like, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like, it feels like <laughs> someone's next to me with their hand around my shoulders saying, Hey, you know what? This happens to a lot of people, not just you. Right? In baseball, there is something on the scoreboard that has an E above it that says error. Right. There is somewhere on the scoreboard that says errors will happen today. This is how many will happen. So it's like when something negative happens, why me? Well, why not me? And then the third component of self-compassion is self-kindness, treating yourself like like you would treat a good friend. Right. You just talked about earlier of like, can we beat ourselves up? And, and you've said it and heard it on the podcast. Well, not only do we beat ourselves up, we believe the things we tell ourselves. Right. But if you said that to somebody else. You'd be like, whoa, like, what the heck? You'd punch them in the face. Like, why would you say that to me? Yet we say <laughs> yeah. those things to ourselves. So the visual or the image I give is, let's say, um, just because I work mostly with athletes, I'll give an example. Let's say um, in cricket, you a ball is hit to you and it drops. And you just feel like crap. Like, you messed up. You let the whole stadium down. You let the country of New Zealand down. Um and, and and so you have this image of you like in this in this fetal position on the ground, just like so upset, so sad. And then you have your evil twin come over with a uh, cricket paddle and just wham, 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 wham. That's how we treat ourselves. Hmm. Yet, let's flip the script and take it from a self-compassionate standpoint. That happened, right? And guess what? I can say, Ray, that just happened. It sucks, but I can't change it. I'm here with you. So that's number mm -hmm. one, the mindfulness. And then that 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 um, uh, common humanity piece says, hey, guess what? Errors are going to happen. They happen to the best players in the world. Nobody is perfect. These things are going to happen. It's just happening to you right now. So that's that step two. Step three becomes, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Mm -hmm. See, yeah. we want to focus on the mistake rather than how that mistake is making us feel. Yeah. If I want to rebound, if I want to be back at my best the very next moment, I need to focus on getting myself into that place, not on the error, but on how that error is making me feel because I can't I can't heal until I know how I 
feel. I don't know if I need a hug. Mm. I don't know if I don't know if I need a nice little smack on the butt. I don't need I don't know if I need a motivational speech, whatever it is. So I yeah. have to ask, hey, how do I how are you doing? How do you feel? Well, I'm I'm really upset. I'm a little frustrated. I'm embarrassed in front of this whole stadium. Okay. Take a nice deep breath. All right. Remember, you're one of the best players in the world. You do this for a living and you're dang good at it. You just had a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Errors let you know that you are human. Okay. Yeah. So you see how self-compassion leads you then back to confidence because confidence left me the second I made that error. But self-compassion yeah. showed up and say, I'm here. I love you no matter what. What can I do for you? How can I help? And so yeah. that is where the perfectionism is like going to get blasted. Self-compassion is the greatest antidote for, for perfectionism because we feel we have to be perfect. Human nature says that, and I'm going to feel that way sometimes, and I'm going to let that be there because it's going to be there anyway. But I can say, hey, guess what? Perfectionism. I've tried you. It didn't work. Okay, I'm going to try this self-compassion thing. And so now we've kind of gotten to self-compassion, so we might as well keep going with it. Yeah. There are two, right? There are two, do you have anything to say, or do you want me to just keep rolling? I will just jump in for two seconds <laughs> just because yes. I've got so many ideas right now listening to sure. this. Sure, well, you recorded it, so. Okay. Yeah, the, the big thing um, listening to that for me is around the self-worth stuff because this is what at the core of the work that I do that I speak to people about, it is self-worth. And what you're really speaking about feeds into that so beautifully, right? Because when you know that you're you're worthy no matter what, no matter when you make mistakes, no matter what happens in your life, you're able to shop for yourself in a way with compassion, with understanding, with, hey, what can I learn from this instead of, hey, I'm useless and worthless and everyone hates me and all those old stories. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's such a key component. But for a lot of people, I think they are measuring their worthiness based on their results, right? And what other people think of them and how much money they have in the bank and their stats. You know, did you like my sports pun there? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But um, but that's it, right? So often, and because society teaches us to do this, that our worth comes from what we do, the relationship we're in, what we look like, all those sorts of things. It's very easy to forget that actually you were born worthy. It's inherent, yes. no matter what your external results say. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Uh, so just to kind of, because I know we want to get back to that whole being the best in the world thing, but this is kind of part of it. If, if I'm going to believe I'm the best, yeah. But then I'm beating myself up like I've already I don't, I'm not believing I'm the best. I can say it out loud, but I don't believe it here. Right. These yeah. things have to travel from the head knowledge to the heart knowledge where it's like it becomes me. So with self-compassion, which is what I love is like self-compassion. That sounds weak. That sounds soft. That sounds like, uh, you know, self-absorbing, whatever. But it's not. It's the opposite, mm-hmm. and I don't have time to go into everything, but here's the two phases or, or sides of self-compassion. So when we talk about uh, what do we need, like what our needs are, self-compassion can do one of two things. Uh, well, three, um, it can you think of a mother bear, okay? If mm-hmm. you're walking down a trail, I don't know, you, nothing in New Zealand kills you, no animal. That's why I love it. But let's hop across, <laughs> let's hop across to um, you know, Australia. I don't know if they have bears there, but let's say you're on a trail and there's a mother bear and she has cubs around. She is not afraid to rip your face off. Mm-hmm. And what that is, it's actually showing it's a side of love. It's coming from a place of love that I will protect my children, uh, my cubs. So self-compassion is fierce in that it can rip your face off. Self-compassion provides as in what you need in that moment, right? She provides for her cubs. And when her cubs are 
fed, they're protected. What do they do? They play. So they have this nurturing side to it too. And self-compassion has that piece too, where it's this nurturing, taking care of. And so there are times when, and I should preface this with self-compassion always comes from a place of love and has your best long-term plans in mind, right? I can motivate you through fear and most people do. But if I motivated you through love and said, guess what? You worked really hard today and it's 9 p.m. And that pint of ice cream looks incredibly good. Most people think self-compassion, like, oh, you had a hard day. Go get that. But if it really has your long-term benefit in mind, it'll say, guess what? That will taste really good for like 30 seconds, right? Mm. But but abstaining from it will really get you towards the goal that you really want. And that's what self-compassion does. Yeah. 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 And on the flip side. If you need a kick in the butt, like, hey, I'm just going to relax today. I'm kind of sore. I'm not going to go on that walk I said or that that gym. Self-compassion is a get your butt off the couch and go. What's at stake? You know, whatever it is at stake. But So it has that fierce side and it has that fun and playful side. It really, I can't poke a hole in it. It has everything you need. So you don't need to be uh, motivated by fear or like, if you don't do this, this is going to happen because I have athletes that do it. That's kind of what perfectionism is. It freaks you out. And it says, if you don't do this, you're not going to get what you want. Uh, but self-compassion says, hey, you can do that if you want to. It's just not going to get you where you want to go. So it pauses to think like, hmm, yeah. which one do you want? Which coach do you want? Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I love this so much because uh, discipline as an idea, like, would you actually start living your life in this way? And one of the questions I like to ask myself is, what do I most need right now? Mm-hmm. Not what do I want? What do I most need? Because sometimes what I need is to go to the gym or I need to turn yeah. off my phone and stop watching TikTok and go to bed, right? Or mm-hmm. to drink a lot of water or to go and have fun. Sometimes it is yep. to rest, to literally look after myself so that I can then show up the way I want to show up. But it's mm-hmm. such a, it's a, such a powerful question. And because it, often like the subconscious response first. So often it's not what you expect. You know, like even my my clients, I'll say to them, what do you most need? The other day she said, oh, um, to clean my bedroom. Mm. And she was like, how is this going to get me to my goals? I said, well, because you need order in order for you to achieve these things, Mm. right? So I was like, your mind knows the best way, the best path, even though it's so unglamorous and not that exciting. It's actually part of it, right? Um, So I love this. Discipline is self-compassion. It is self-love. It's a way that we show up for ourselves. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah. 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 And I will, I will show you my definition of mental toughness because everybody has one. Mental toughness, in my opinion, is showing up for yourself no matter what. Showing up for yourself no matter what. No matter if you just got dumped No matter if you just made a million dollars, no matter if you're just like kind of boring and blah in life, no matter what happened, it's showing up for yourself no matter what. Because I can show up for myself when things are going great. Great job, right? Yeah. But can I show up for myself um, when I'm having a really low moment or when I just got really embarrassed or when somebody said something that hurt so much? Can I show up for myself and bring myself back up or do I just join in with them and say, yeah, they're probably right. You are a piece of crap, right? So- yeah. I can't think of a better definition. Sorry, if you can, go for it, but <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Yeah, no, I love that so much. And I think this is why I love these conversations so much because it's very real because we're not on all the time. We don't leap out of bed every day feeling like, yeah, I'm going to crush my life. 
often it is pushing yourself to do stuff that you do not feel like doing, right? And that Mm -hmm. stuff you don't see on social media. You see the wins, the success, all the fluffy stuff, but often you don't see the boring process of showing up over and over again, doing things that you don't feel like doing. Um, And Mm. I think this is so important to remind people that it is the process and all steps count. They all matter. Right, right. And one thing I will add, it is okay to have a pint of ice cream because sometimes (laughs) you say, you know what, this is what I need right now. And that's fine, right? It's just not something you want to depend on. And so sometimes it is that, hey, I'm having a down moment and I need this thing. And that's totally fine. I don't want to bash anybody who's, you know, Ben and Jerry's going to come after me for sales or something. (laughs) um, Yeah. um, I know there are a couple of things that we wanted to talk about and we'll kind of get back to now. Look at me. I'm trying to run the show. I'm not trying to do that, but I know there are things that uh, we want to talk about regarding um, protecting the mind and, and having what we call a mental locker room. So once you've established that you want to become the best in the world at something or that you truly are in this moment, the best in the world, the second you establish that, here come the temptations, here come the pressures and pleasures. No, you're not. Are you really that good? Are you really that? And that's what goes on inside this dome, uh, the six inches between the ears. And so there's external factors and there's internal factors. And so the external factors, uh, I think of it as a mental locker room, right? Mm-hmm. When uh, Whether it's a backstage pass or whether it's if you go to a stadium and there's this player's locker room. And outside of the player's locker room, there is a security guard. There is a lock, and usually there are ropes that rope off and say, only the best in the world can go in here, right? I can't just walk into a stadium without a pass and say, hey, I belong in. Nope. Sorry, right? There's only Mm -hmm. a few people that can go in there, and that's what I think about with our mind. We have hundreds, literally hundreds of thousands of thoughts per day, and am I granting myself free access to anything that wants in? right? To all the negatives. Yeah. Think about, we have our own thoughts. We have social media. We have TV. People still watch TV, I believe. Um, you know, <laughs> we have the radio, whatever you get, the, all the input is just constantly coming at us. And like, if I do not set up a mental security guard in my room, in my mind, right, I'm going to go this way, then that way, then that way. And that is what steals our peace. And the whole point of this whole thing is being able to protect your peace of mind. And that's what happens with a mental locker room that we no longer allow access to everything, right? If I want to become elite, I can only have elite thoughts coming in, right? And living there if I want, Mm. because the quality of my thoughts predict the quality of my performance. If I have quality thoughts, I give myself the best chance of have quality performance. But if I have crap thoughts, guess what? That's the best I can do is have a crappy performance. Sorry for my language. Uh, but I have heard some of your other podcasts and you get crazier than that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so protecting your mental locker room. Okay, well, what's at stake? Your performance, how we live, the peace of mind, right? Like we've talked about, you can have an incredible house, but if you're in prison mentally, gosh, right? So how do we get over this? Uh, we, number one, have to uh, protect what comes in, what we're allowing in. I'll be honest with you. I kind of know what goes on in the world because I live in it, but I haven't watched news. I don't listen to the radio. I barely go on social media only because I need to post those things. All that stuff doesn't exist in my world. I live in it and I hear about it, but it's like, okay, 
But I know people who just live and die by the news, six o'clock news, okay. Oh my God, look what's happening in the world. It's like your mind just got pulled in by somebody's perspective, right? I know that people die every day and it breaks my heart, okay? But I don't need to see the evidence on the TV. I know that earthquakes and hurricanes and those things happen. I know they do, but I don't need to look at the news and see how many people died in the devastation because then that affects my life and how I can then show up for my family in this little home that I have here. This is what I can control to the best of my ability. We cannot control much in this life. But I can control what goes on in my mind, and then I can control how I speak to others, how I show up in this world. Uh, that's what that's what's at stake. Yeah, amazing, so good, and so important, isn't it? The amount of people that watch the news blows my mind. Like, why? Like, do you feel better or worse after that? You've just primed your mind to look for what's wrong, what's negative, what's bad. How do you think mm-hmm. that then impacts the way that you view your own life, <laughs> the stories that you yeah. tell yourself? Yeah. Right. So like, let's give a perfect example of this. When you eat something, I promise you, it always has an effect on you. You ever heard of a car, like a car, uh, what do they call it? A carb coma or something? Yeah. Uh, so no matter <laughs> what you eat, it has an impact on your body. No matter what we ingest mentally, it has an impact on your life. So people who eat clean get the most out of their body. People who just eat all the crap, it's like, that's what your body's going to look like. What you look at like on the outside, sorry to tell you, it's what's going on on the inside, what you're eating. It shows, right? Yeah. Well, what you are feeding your mind or allowing inside your mind, it shows. It shows in how you show up for yourself, in your words, your language, uh, your vocabulary, right? Uh, it shows up in your work. It shows up everywhere. People wonder, right, Ray, why are you always so happy? Well, guess what? Well, I don't know your beliefs out there, but I read my Bible every day. That's my news. It's the same Mm -hmm. news. It's been the news for 2,000 years. Guess what? Go read Proverbs. Even if you're not a believer, go get the wisdom from that. Uh, You know, I have an incredible example in the Lord Jesus Christ who just shows me every single day, this is how to live. This is how to think. And that's, that's the stuff I feed on. And I show up every single day the same. I don't let the world, you know, I'm not circumstance based. So, um, you know, maybe that's too much information. Maybe we lost some, some listeners right there, but <laughs> guess what? You know what? It's, uh, uh, that's just who I am, but yeah. it's what you feed your mind, right? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay, cool. So this time has gone so quickly, but just to wrap up, can you tell us where we can find you and where they can find your book as well? Yeah. So at the time we're recording this, we're not, uh, it's, it's still in the book cover process, but, um, you know, maybe we can launch at a certain time, but you can get a free sample at the pillar bees, P H E P I L L A R B S book, B O O K dot com slash sample. Um, I believe that's what we're going with. And so, um, yeah, that's that's where you can get me. And then I'm on Renewed Mind Performance on Instagram. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what I use. I'm on TikTok, but it's the same stuff that goes on there too. So Instagram is probably where I'm most active. So that's yeah, fun. excited. And the book does come out February 26th uh, on Amazon. So I believe people in New Zealand can buy it. People around the world can buy it. So I hope you do. February 26th, 2023 is the magic date. Um, and then I'll be posting more as it gets closer. 
Amazing. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear your key takeaways and aha moments from this episode. And I just want to remind you that you can do amazing things. You're incredible. And if no one else today has told you they believe in you, I do. Only a certain kind of person listens to a podcast like this. The best one. Go get him.